Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's audio podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. Why don't you join with me as you pray? We're going to kick off our, our uh, Radical Pursuit message today in our Faith Like Jesus series. Father, I thank you so much for, for your love for us uh, as we look at what it means uh, to live out a radical pursuit of others after being radically pursued by you. Father, I just pray you, you help us to say yes to what you're asking of us today. And I think of you as the Trinity God and, and how all, all three of you in one worked to pursue us. Father, in the midst of our rebellion and us turning against you, you, you enacted a plan uh, that you'd always had uh, to send your son to pursue us in the midst of our rebellion. And Jesus, you said yes to that. And you came down here on planet Earth and you showed us how to live and you fulfilled uh, the, the Old Testament. And, and then you, you called us to new life in you by, by, by paying that debt for us on the cross. You pursued us with your very life. And Holy Spirit, you pursue us before we know you. You draw us to the heart of the Father to say yes to Jesus. Even before we are believers, you, you bring us and you woo us. And I, I thank you, Father God, and Jesus Christ, and the Spirit of the living God for pursuing us so radically. Help us to live that out every day of our lives, to live out the redemption uh, that, that we call ours. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 I want to kick it off by telling a story that came to mind as I think of just the thought, the understanding of, of radical pursuit, just the, the refusal to give up. Uh, I remember back when I was in, uh, in high school and then, and then early on in college, uh, my sister had a friend. My sister uh, grew up in the San Marcos area, and so my sister had a friend named, named Suzette. Uh, Suzette was a classic 80s Texas girl, big blonde hair, uh, five foot nothing, southern drawl. I mean, just like... You're just talking like that was the Google image you would have found if you could Google image back then. Uh, and then at Southwest Texas State, which is now Texas State, but SWT, we called it back then. Cal, where are you, Cal? Cal's in. Yeah, you're an SWT grad, yeah? So you, you know what it's all like. Well, Suzette had a radical transformation in high school from this crazy party girl to, to a, a crazy Jesus follower. And, and she became a friend of my sister's. And, and I remember one time over at our house, uh, Suzette telling us how she was just going to pursue lost people for Jesus. And I'm trying to hide in the woodworks of not living out Christianity. So I'm just like nodding my head going, just don't let it be me uh, kind of thing. And um, She was convinced, though, that God could save anyone and would save anyone she went after. She's like, if I go after him, God will save him. That's what he does. Because 2 Peter 3.9 says that he doesn't want anyone to perish, but he wants all to repent and come to follow him. I'm like, amen, sister. Uh, so she decided to set her sights on the most crazy, the, the wildest, the, the biggest sinner on campus. Which for Southwest Texas in the 80s is saying a lot, right? Uh, if you didn't know anything about it. And you would always start with Kappa Alpha. That fraternity, not only were they like that fraternity, but like later on, they, after all their probations, they finally got banned for a couple of years from campus. They were that fraternity. And so she picked the top guy at the worst fraternity, and she's going to lead him to the Lord. And I'm like, good luck, sister. 
And I remember at Thanksgiving one time, she was with us at Thanksgiving, and she told us about this plan for this radical pursuit of this guy named Mark. And he was infamous. I mean, he was, it's like, okay, all right. And, and so she's like asking us to pray. And of course, I just kind of pretended uh, as, as a person trying not to follow Jesus at the time. But, but I remember watching it. And of course, I had just started going to school there. Like I said, I just graduated. Uh, I met him when I was a, a senior in high school. And then, and then that was the, the following year. And, and she would just always give us the updates and how annoyed he was with her and how, you know, persistent she was with him. Uh, you know, he despised her and she was never going to let up. And I remember this one spring day, now there's a place called the Quad at SWT. It's like the, the hangout place outdoors. And of course, it's springtime in Texas, so it's like ideal weather and everybody's out there. I'm just trying to get sun and enjoy my day. And there's probably a good a uh, thousand or more of us out in this whole giant area, and you hear this screaming happening. And it's like the, the students parted like the Red Sea. And Mark was about 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, He's a boxer. He did uh, street boxing at Cheatham Street Warehouse behind the warehouse, uh, like for money. That's the kind of guy he was. Uh, He's running through the quad saying, leave me alone. And Suzette's running after him. Jesus loves you. And I remember I was like, oh, this is totally worth it. Like, I'm like, I know that girl. Like, I know her. This is cool. Y'all want to come over and like get a play-by-play from her on it? That was March of that year after the Thanksgiving launch of the Radical Pursuit. Before finals happened in May, Mark is saved, baptized, bought himself a Bible, and he's reading it. And I'm like, oh no, Jesus is going to get me, you know, that's my thought. But here's the thing, it's because, as Brendan Manning would write it, one of my favorite authors, because of the furious longing of God to save Mark, it changed everything in his life. That furious longing is this love that God has that you're not going to stop me from from just lavishing my love and my persistence upon you. I want you to have the life I've designed for you to have. And so I'm going to pursue you all the days of your life through people, through my my, the way I orchestrate things. But he has this furious longing to to save us. That's why I love that song that we sing. uh, You know, the the over, uh, I'm not going to quote it right. But we talk about the reckless love of God, the overwhelming, just this far-reaching, reckless love of God. It's not reckless like in crazy haphazard. It's like, I'm going to do what it takes. I'm going to climb mountains. I'm going to move mountains. I'm going to kick down walls. I'm going to tear down the lies in your life. I'm going to come after you, not because you need me to come after you, but because I love you. This furious longing of God changed everything. And when a believer experiences the unconditional love of God, this Radical pursuit of his in our lives. There's this confidence that comes that, that we can't help but go after others because, of course, you're going to save him. You saved me. You did this in my life. That's what I was always so impressed. I, I mean, I'm like, Suzette, she just, she, Mark wasn't the only target and he wasn't the only success. It's like she would just pick, okay, who's the next worst? Mark's done. And, and just go, because she believed God would save them. And I'm like, ah, does he? Well, he got me finally, (laughs) you know. We have to see God for the the lovingly pursuing Father he is for us. You've got to understand his pursuit and his desire and his love for you. And when you know this, because you need to really know this in here, it needs to be in here, 
And it needs to be in here. And when you know that, it changes everything. Because it's only when we know this and believe this and, and then walk in this that we're fully set free to live this whole and, and fulfilled life. To be in this, this place of wholeness that we can live out the true Christian life. You can't follow Jesus and just check boxes and be like, yeah, I, I did church this week. I, I read a chapter this month. I, I do Jesus. No. You live for Christ or you, you don't. And yes, I understand we're, in trans- we're, we're all in different, different processes and we're on the potter's wheel all the time. He's constantly purifying us and molding and shaping us. It's not about being perfect, but you're, you're living out. You're like, you pursued me and changed me and saved me. I have to know you and, and know you more and pursue you more and then pursue others because of that love that you have for me. And when we know this and we live out of this, we're living in the love God part of the great commandment when he says love God and love people and all the prophets and all of the Old Testament and all that Jesus is is fulfilled in that and then after you're convinced or maybe you're convinced again because you you come back to Jesus or you rededicate your life or you recommit you come home he goes after you because you're the one he leaves the 99 he goes after you and brings you home and you're convinced again that that's who he is or maybe Maybe you're healed from that lie and then you're fully convinced. It's after that that you'll be the one to radically pursue others who are lost or living in lies or living less than lives. And you pursue them with this furious longing of God for them. That's the love people part of the great commandment. This unconditional love of God that he has for us, it's not just an inspiration. It's not just something we write or we find a, a cool, trendy thing to hang on the wall uh, and we're inspired by it. No, it's meant to be lived out. Like I believe it and I, and I take it in and then I, I have to give it out. I, I have to do something with that. Because when it gets set in our hearts and minds, it changes how we live with others and how we live for others. How you pursue others is what we're talking about today. It affects what, what breaks your heart. It affects what motivates you. It affects what you choose to do with your life. The revolutionary thinking that God loves me just as I am and not as I deserve should change everything about my life. Jesus radically pursued me and that should alter everything in my life. We see it happen for Zacchaeus in, in Luke chapter 19. There's this, there's this story, a famous story. If you don't know it, Zacchaeus, we, we sing about him as the wee little man. The wee little man was he. He's a, he's a chief tax collector, so he's a traitor to his own people. He's Hebrew, but he's stealing from his people legitimately. It's allowed. And so he's not allowed to do life with them. He can't worship with them or do festivals with them. He, he's basically dead to them, his own people. But then the, you know, the, he, he really has no people group other than tax collectors, the thieves that they were. And, and so when Jesus comes along and Zacchaeus is up in the tree to get a good look at him and, and Jesus, who's in essence an Orthodox Jew, like he's doing it right according to the people, when he comes along, he says, hey, Zacchaeus, you got to come down. I want to have supper with you tonight. 
What Jesus is saying there is, I want to be your very close friend. And everybody's like, what? I mean, Jesus asking him to come down immediately changed everything. It changed the direction of a traitor's life. So the question I have for all of us is, is there a Zacchaeus in our lives? Is there a Zacchaeus that you need to go to, that God's burdening your heart with, and saying, go and invite them into life? They're living this way, or they're living that way, they did that, or they act in this way, but go. Invite them into life, because they are my son, or they are, that's my daughter, and I want to do life with them. Is there a Zacchaeus in your life that, that everybody's given up on? Maybe it's a person that's been judged incapable of doing any good. A co-worker, a cousin, spouse, an ex, uh, an in-law, a crusty guy who used to be around, a neighbor down the street, a college buddy, a poor follower of Jesus. For the Apostle Paul, that was Mark. Earlier in, in his missionary journey, Mark had, was a part of Paul and Barnabas' team going and doing missions, and, and Mark bailed when it got hard. Tough times came, and Mark's like, I'm out of here. And, and Paul wasn't pleased. He, Mark quit because it was hard, so Paul just moved on. Paul was a get-or-done kind of guy and didn't have time for that, and that was probably something that Lord's working and shaping Paul on because we see it later. He's more tender as he's writing to Timothy and Titus and dealing with some stuff. But, but early on, Paul's like, no, quitters don't go with me. Go, fine, sissy boy, go home to mama. That's basically what, what Paul was, was doing. And, and so he was just done with him. And it makes sense to our logic brains. Yeah, he quit. I don't have time for this. I got to plant churches. Our heads are on the line. And eternity's on the line for people. So a lot of us would be like, yeah, I understand that. And, and it even caused a split. Paul and Barnabas split. Barnabas was related to Mark, so he, he's obviously he's tied into relationship. And, and, and then he felt for him, and he felt like he should be with us on the next trip. And Paul's like, oh, no, I, I don't take mama's boys with me. And so Paul and Silas went this way, and, Paul and, or, and Bar, Barnabas and, and Mark and some others went this way. And then something changed. Barnabas, whose name actually means encourager, isn't that a cool name? Somehow, with the influence he had over Mark, there was a change, a radical shift and a radical maturity that happened in Mark's life to help him grow and, and become a great missionary over the years. And, you know, we got the, the gospel of Mark from him. Um, and, and, and along the way, Paul hears about it and the great job that Mark is doing. Yet nothing was ever fixed until it was. And, and we read... In 2 Timothy 4.11, Paul asks for Mark, and, and we see how this radical pursuit of Mark mends a relationship, and it, it, changes, it changes how things look now in this, in this young Christian movement that's happening. Paul says this, Bring Mark with you when you come, for he'll be helpful to me in my ministry. I need him. The guy that I couldn't stand having around because I don't want crybabies, I need what he's got because only Luke is here with me. So many people are doing stuff. I need what Mark has. Years later, Paul's radical pursuit mended hearts, mended relationships, and advanced the kingdom of God. 
So is there someone that God's laying on your heart to go to and maybe radically pursue to see something mended? The big idea today that we have is that God's love redeemed you as a saved son or daughter. His love redeemed me. So we are called by the absolute fact that we're redeemed and bought back to be ones to pursue others. That's the big idea. His love redeemed you, so there's a call on your life now. There's a call on your life. So we're asking a lot of questions. Really, in this whole series, we're asking a lot of questions, and it's a a series where we're applying things. We're living out of this. And and so, hey, is there someone that that everyone's given up on we need to go to? Is there someone that, that maybe burned you in the past that you need to go to and just love on them where they are? Is there, is there someone who upset you? Maybe you're done with that person. I've been wasting my time trying to make that bonehead understand anything. She's incorrigible. She's dead to me. He better never darken my door again. Now, you probably wouldn't say that because it's mean. It's too obvious, so we play the churchiness side of it, right? We go church proper. Well, I'll just pray for her. I'll let others pursue him. God bless his heart. I'm going to leave them in the good Lord's hands. I get it. I've done church for 47 years. I know how to speak it. I know. I know how to play church if I need to play church. I don't need to play church. I, need, I know how to play church when my flesh wants to play church. There, that's a better one. But Jesus said this, love one another the way I loved you. Period. Oh, Jesus, but him? <laughs> Them? Oh, can't you make Jeremy and Leslie go do that? Come on, they need to grow in it too, Jesus. You brought the new worship pastor, make them do it. But it's this love that'll cost you something sometimes. You'll put yourself on the line, your heart on the line. You'll sacrifice at times. Maybe it'll even affect your, your reputation. It'll feel awkward. It's a love that, that tells us to forgive 70 times 7. That keeps no records of what? Wrongs. Doggone it. I'm so good at keeping records of wrongs. My flesh just knows. I mean, I got a, like a Franklin planner in this brain. And it has been such a struggle over the years because it wants to win all the time. It never submits to the spirit of the living God because it's flesh. So I have to purpose in my heart. I, it is not my place to keep a record of wrongs. Love keeps no record of wrongs. And Jesus said that this love, this love that he says, love others the way I've told you to love them, love others the way I've loved them, this love, this one criterion is the sole norm, the standard that a following believer of Jesus has to live with. We've been redeemed, and this is how he calls us to live. He said, you and I are going to be identified as his disciples, not because of our church going or our verse memorizing, or how big our Bible is, or our good works, will only be identified by this one sign, radical love for other people. That's why Suzette's radical pursuit 
of, of chasing down this heathen through the quad at SWT made such an impact. I mean, not only did Mark get saved, but he eventually took over this campus ministry that me and some friends started that never got beyond like me and some friends. And, and he, he turned it into this huge campus ministry at SWT. He, he became the Christian leader at SWT. He became a college pastor at my old church. He became a, a pastor at another church in Waco. He married a missionary. He, he's now living as a family as missionaries in a Muslim nation, all because Suzette's radical pursuit said, God can save him. I mean, that's, that's love. It wasn't like she had to get a, you know, check something off. She was just convinced that God can save sinners. So what would Jesus do to the Zacchaeuses in your life and in my life? I think he'd go to them. He'd connect with them. He'd, he'd love them with such disarming simplicity, such unconditional tenderness and kindness and infectious joy that he'd melt their frozen hearts and, and crush the stony hearts that, that existed in their lives. So they come alive. So instead of being identified as a group that memorizes scripture or has 75 Bible studies, which those are great things, but instead of being identified as like that's our thing, what if we were identified as this community of loving people who genuinely pursued others that causes people to say, wow, look how they love people. What if that was the only thing people really, I don't know much about it, but man, they love people. Would that be the coolest thing in the church world? It'd be the coolest thing. Not, man, they are so theologically correct that they never even say the word the wrong. <laughs> that, that we would be known as, man, they're so loving. Yeah. They're so, they embrace. They're compassionate. They're inviting. They, you just you feel like, this is where I belong. Amen. You're going to leave people feeling a little better or a little worse when you're around them. It's just the reality. In John chapter 21, we, we see... An amazing story. Most of us know the story of uh, Peter being restored on the beach with, with Jesus. And, uh, you know, Peter had uh, just denied Jesus. And in this story, we see how radical pursuit restores relationship. Peter's defeated. He feels pointless. He feels small. Uh, I mean, he did betray Jesus and, and, and turn against him and walked away. I don't know that guy. He's broken. We've all been, been there probably, broken over our, our poor faith, whatever that would be. And so Jesus just shows up in verse 4. He's, he's standing there on the shore, and Peter's in the boat. He comes to where Peter is. Jesus always comes to where we are. Shows up and restores Peter. And, and in verse 19, he says, I know you love me, Peter. Now live for me. Live the way you were made to live. He doesn't say, hey, those three times you denied me. He didn't say, hey, you're, you're running away. You're being a wimp. Uh, your theology's wrong. Your belief is off. He doesn't say any of that stuff. He says, do you love me? And then do what I've called you to do. That's the point. That love Inside every one of us, 
inside. The life of every believer is the power to walk into somebody's life and give them life. Inside of you, save son or daughter, is the power to walk into someone's existence, walk into someone's life, move into their, 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 their space and give them life. And you don't just go to the ones who are doing it right. You go to the ones that the Spirit of the living God is leading you to. Hosea chapter 2, verses 9, really the whole book of Hosea, but in chapter 2, verses 19 through 23, we see how God's radical pursuit redeems. It's an amazing story. It's a crazy story. Uh, I mean, it makes you scratch your head and go, well, let me read that again. But uh, she's, she, Hosea is called to, to marry a prostitute and to buy her back. And then she sells herself again, just back and forth. This, it's, it's a picture of us. That we walk away and we sell ourselves and we turn away and we choose lesser things and God still pursues us to redeem us and restore us. That's the, the story. He asks Hosea to live it out to show us his deep love for us. It says this in verse 19, chapter 2. So he's talking about a wife, but this is him with us. I'll make you my wife forever, showing you righteousness and justice, unfailing love and compassion I'll be faithful to you and make you mine, and you'll finally know me as the Lord. In that day I will answer, says the Lord. I'll answer the skies that pleads for clouds, and the sky will answer the earth with rain. Then the earth will answer the thirsty cries of the grain and the grapevines and the olive trees. They will turn and answer Jezreel. God plants in the midst of this rebellious, living, horrible person's life. God plants. At that time, I'll plant a crop of Israelites and raise them for myself. So there'll be, there'll be fruit, there'll be growth come from you, even how you're living right now. And then listen to this. I will show love to those I called not loved. You were living that way and you weren't, but I'm going to show you love. And to those I called not my people because of how you were living, I will now say, now you are my people. And they'll reply, you're my God. You see, None of that makes sense except for love. None of that would we want to ever have to step into doing for someone in the way that they're living except for love. Were you radically pursued? Did Jesus buy you back in the midst of your sin and horror? And did he give you a good life or did he make you pay for your old one? Did he make you pay for your old life, Matthew? No. Who paid? Jesus paid. He made himself pay for your sins to buy you back. And he says, now just go love people that same way. In chapter 11 of Hosea, we, we read more. It tells us more about the, the radical pursuit and how it wins the day. And God says, I can't give up on you. I can't let you go. I can't destroy you or demolish you. My compassion for you overflows. You're going to return to me and I'll, I'll bring you home again. So our goal in, in, in living out of faith like Jesus is to live out this redeeming love for others. We seek them out. We forgive. We show compassion. We restore them because we're the, the heart of Christ for them. So we get to be a part of restoring them. Jesus does it, but he uses us. We invite them into, into real life, into true life with others. So a question I have as we, as we wrap this up today and we go into our, a prayer and then a song of worship is, 
One person. Who's your target right now? I firmly believe God will give each one of us a man, a woman, a couple, or a family that will be our target to radically pursue. He doesn't wish that anyone should perish, but that all would have eternal life, repent of their, their, their sins, and then follow him in freedom. So who's your target? Who's your target? We're going to pray right here. We're going to ask the Lord to, to give us the name, or if he's given you the name, to give us the, 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 the manner in which we do it, or the, or the strategy, or or maybe like, Lord, you gave me that name, and uh, I don't know. Give us the, the, the gumption to move forward in that. And I'm going to ask you to stand right now as we, as we pray, as we ask the Lord to, to use us to radically pursue others the same way that he pursued us. You were lost as a loon, and he pursued you. Through his heart and his love for you, through the, the wooing of the Spirit of the living God, and then probably through people that he put in your path, or, or when you stepped into a, a place of, of seeking him out, that were there for you. He radically pursues you, and he pursued you through other people. And now he's saying, hey, believers, if every believer on the planet would pursue one, we could double the believers on the planet. In one year. You want to change the trajectory of a nation? Have every believer in that nation that is just living this out and not this out. And I'm guilty of this too. I'm guilty of this. Well, I do it with my thumb. Right? But if we'll live this out and not social media out or not hate out or not frustration out. But we'll live this out and we'll pursue people. Every believer in America pursues one heathen like Mark or lost person like, like Mark. And, and within a year, it was doubled who followed Christ. You think our nation would look a lot different? Amen. I know our nation would look a lot different. And it's not about our nation looking different. It's about, about eternity in people's hearts. But it helps a nation to continue to, to, to worship Jesus and, and change the planet and send missionaries and, and finance missions and, and pursue lost people. Every one of us, God's going God's gonna to show us who to go after or we know. And so right now as we go to radical prayer, we're going to ask him to, to help us step into that starting today. Not next week, not Saturday, not uh, March not when school year rolls around again in September, now. Radically pursue. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for your radical pursuit of my life. You didn't let me get in the way of you. And I tried so hard. I turned against you. I pretended you weren't really real. I, could, I couldn't have given a rip about you. Because I wanted it to be all about me and you would not let me go. Everyone in this room that calls you Savior, Jesus, that, that follows you as King, has the same story. They tried it on their own or they tried to run from you and you radically pursued because you love and you love and you love. 
and you love. And then you get the glory at the end of the day in a person's saved life. And I thank you for that. Lord, those that you put on our hearts, help us to be firmly committed out of our convinced state of being loved by you to pursue them. Whatever that looks like. That we wouldn't pursue them just in, 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 in quiet prayers only. We do that, but we would do something with that radical pursuit. Whether it was as crazy as chasing them down a public uh, place in a, in a college, telling them that Jesus loves them, or, or as simple as, hey, you want to come over for coffee? Or, hey, can I, can I pick up your kids at school and drop them off at the house for you? that make it easier for you? Or, hey, can I bring you groceries? I know y'all are hurting right now. And we'd use whatever avenue you give us to radically pursue so that those who are lost or who are broken and hurting or who have gone wayward, maybe it's the one that's walked away from the 99 or it's the person who's just so stuck in their ways, whoever that is and wherever they are, that, that we'd be able to radically pursue them where they are. We'd meet them where they are like you did on the beach there, Jesus. When you restored Peter, who denied you, and you didn't say anything about the denial, you said, do you love me? I know you love me. Now fulfill the mission I've given you. That we would speak life and hope and joy and encouragement and lead them to you, Jesus. Give us that Holy Spirit gumption to walk it out, to not put it on the shelf, not watch others do it, but we would walk it out so that we would truly live out of faith like Jesus. And for anyone in here who doesn't know you, maybe they're listening on the radio or watching on Facebook and they don't know you, Lord, I pray that they would know right now that they are being radically pursued, that even these words I'm speaking right now are for them. It's for him. It's for her. It's for that family. They've never made a decision to follow you. And right now they're hearing, Jesus loves you. Jesus wants you. Jesus is saying, hey, take my perfect life and let me take your mess and give you eternal life. And they'd say, I want that. That everyone within the sound of my voice right now who doesn't know you would, would just say, I give up. I want you. And all who call on you today Jesus would be saved. It's as simple of a start as that. And then you hone us and shape us into the very image of you by the power of your Holy Spirit. So we bless you today. We're going to worship you one more time because you are so worthy of our worship. And I thank you for loving us. Continue to pray for our nation. Would you guide our nation? Would we as believers cry out to you for our nation to to look like a people following you. We'd pray for our leaders, no matter what we think. We'd put aside our logic and we'd just pray for our leaders, for you to save them, for you to guide them, for you to lead them, for you to even work the, the way they write with their pens. Or you can do anything. You can do anything. We stand up for righteousness because we follow you, not because we want to be right but because we follow you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. 
For more sermons and full-service replays, visit our media page on hcfburnett.org and follow us on social media. God bless and have a great week.